I mean, for me, it changed my life watching Star Wars. Like, and I think that I can. A lot of my friends were the same. Even though they didn't get into filmmaking, they still had a massive impact on them. And so, hopefully, the the true test of Star Wars isn't tonight or this week or whatever. It's going to be 20 years from now. Is if someone I'm crossing the street and someone passes me and they've got a T-shirt with K2SO or a Death Trooper, then I'm going to be like, "Yeah, we did it." Rogue One, may the Force be with you. what folks we are talking about rogue one again we got rogue one fever over here we just got back from last night going to see rogue one a star wars story back in theaters we were both lucky enough honestly that rogue one was playing at theaters close to us because it only released in like 200 something theaters across the u.s not even like in europe just like 200 theaters in the u.s i don't know i we're really pretty lucky yeah, I didn't. I didn't even realize it was that limited until we were talking about it earlier this morning. Because I just took it for granted that it was like, oh, it's at the. It was at you know both theaters near me, so I was like, oh, all right, whatever, it's everywhere. But yeah, it's crazy because everybody loves Rogue One. That's kind of the the one constant in Star Wars land. It seems like everyone loves Rogue One at least. It is, and that's kind of like what we're gonna be talking about here is. The unique legacy that Rogue One has had since just 2016, that everyone loves Rogue One. Rogue One has somehow, beyond all the other Star Wars stuff that we've gotten since then, it has transcended and kind of become like a new Star Wars classic. Like When it came out, we all were like, oh, this is great. Rogue One is great. But I think that was the thing, like going back and seeing it again in the theater last night, it really took me back to that time when Rogue One came out where like I I hadn't thought these things like watching it at home all the time. I was like, man, when this movie came out, the only other thing we had was Force Awakens. We were so excited for Rogue One. And it was like it was like we were newlyweds, you know, with like we were on our honeymoon with <laughs> this new Disney Star Wars thing. It, Rebels was still on TV, like in Rogue One when they're like, General Sundulak, please, you know, and Chopper goes by. It's like, oh, yeah, Rebels was still on. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, and the and the you know the promise of Star Wars Disney of even though it was it took place during you know the saga movies, it was it was a group of people that were new and different and weren't tied to the Skywalkers, and there weren't wasn't a focus on Jedi, and it was kind of like wow, this is you know this is kind of a new type of Star Wars. I think maybe because of that, that's why it's so it still holds up so well and is still you know kind of beloved by everyone is that it is as much as it leads up right to the beginning of a new hope it really is kind of like a standalone you can go in and watch it and when it's done it's done kind of a story too which makes it so much fun to revisit because it's not like you know you don't feel like you gotta go watch part two or part three to get the rest of the story it's just you know you're in and out and you had a good time the only star wars it assumes that you've seen is the original 1977 film which if you haven't seen that then why are you watching rogue one but (laughs) but even if you haven't you can still watch it it still works and that's the cool thing too with watching it again last night where i was kind of taken back to that like innocent time but also the part with mon mothma and bail organa when mon mothma's like your friend the jedi and i would trust her with my life and stuff it's like oh man it like hit so much harder after the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing where it's now it's like, oh, yeah, it is his friend. They still hang out like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like they're, they're, they're actually pretty tight. And even Vader in his tank and like see the Mustafar part is like, man, we were so blown away. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, that, that's where he chills. That, yeah, mm-hmm. Like it comes on in Obi-Wan Kenobi and we're like, okay, cool. We're back on Mustafar now. We're so jaded. We're so just like, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that as far as, you know, because we had talked about, you know, after Kenobi and just kind of how it gives you more perspective on the original trilogy and, you know, and thinking about how much it added to those movies, not even thinking about how it, yeah, it kind of changes your perception of Rogue One as well with the, uh, knowing even more what he looks like in the tank and definitely you know before you were like it kind of looks like hayden christensen but now you're like yes that's completely hayden christensen anakin in that tank and you can see it because you saw it in in kenobi and you know you're like watching rogue one thinking about everything that happened in kenobi because it really wasn't that long before rogue one and yeah and i kept thinking too you know just even on like a personal level it's like we talked about this before with Rogue One, but it's like, man, we were so new to doing the podcast, like when this movie came out. It really took me back, like watching it in the theater. Like it took me back to like 2016, 2017. And it's like, oh man, I can't wait to see the teaser for The Last Jedi. What's Celebration Orlando gonna be like? I can't wait. No, it's true because it really it does, I mean, at least I think from our perspective, like the Rogue One review was like the real start of the podcast in a way, like we kind of figured out what we were doing before that, but I feel like that was the episode. A lot of people discovered the show with, and yeah, it really is like, at least for us tied so much to starting the podcast with the, the release of rogue one and the, and then especially the build up to rogue one. Like that was, you know, the beginning of it all. And it seems so, so long ago, but not, but also not that long ago. It's crazy. I don't it. It was just so cool seeing it in the theater again last night because, yeah, it, it's, it was the double thing where it, the movie holds up so incredibly well. It's not that old, but it, it, like, it's almost even better now than when it came out in 2016. 
like I said, because it has transcended, like as crazy lunatic Star Wars fans, it's just become part of like the all time great Star Wars movies now. And yeah, and on the personal level, it like resonates more and is it was amazing watching it again. Well, the other thing, too, when we've talked about this in the past is just visually it's so much the template for modern Star Wars, like because the two sequel or the three sequel movies kind of tried to stay a little more in the in the the filmic look of the original trilogy. The look of Rogue One was kind of like a, a modern take on the original movies where it was, you know, it was very the colors were slightly different and it just it just had a really I don't know, it was a really interesting look that looked like star wars but it looked newer and that was so much the template for the mandalorian series and even you know i guess book of boba fett got a little more a little away from that a little more colorful but like we're so used to that kind of modern star wars look that all kind of started with rogue one because you know the cinematographer helped out on the beginning of uh mandalorian and now with andor coming out and them kind of sticking with that kind of look it's very much kind of the standard of what new star wars looks like and it all kind of started with rogue one and i was even thinking too like especially in that part on jetta after kind of chirrut does his thing and takes down all the stormtroopers when they're all kind of sitting like is he a jedi that part it almost kind of looks like they're sitting in batu yeah well and that's i think the other thing with with rogue one that was so great uh, at the time and still is too is that it really had the feeling of more so than maybe the sequel trilogy movies too, of being a mix between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy, because, you know, time frame wise, it takes place in between, but it, it had the, the, the vehicles and the technology and the, and the style of the original trilogy, but it was very like packed full of stuff. Like Jetta city is just so crowded with, you know, there's so many things to find in the background of, all the, you know, the stormtroopers on the big lizards and ATSTs walking around and all kinds of stuff just crammed in there. And, and, uh, the rings of Caffern or however you say that, you know, was just Kafifi Kafifi <laughs> was just very kind of prequely and just, you know, having just filling the screen with so much cool star Wars stuff everywhere. And then, you know, throwing in the turbo tank for good measure. Like it was just, yeah, a real, nice taste of what was to come in the future from new star Wars and Jimmy Smith's and Genevieve O'Reilly coming out was huge at the time. And we're just a year before that. Yeah. Like we've said many times we were salivating at the mouth of like, perhaps the meter Snoke should consider using a clone army. And we're like, they said clone, <laughs> you know, and then just Jimmy Smith's coming out. It was just like, Oh, the prequels really happened. They're not going to redo the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> It's all here. It's all It's all one thing. And that's the thing, how far we've come as fans, as everything, and Rogue One just bubbled up to the top. It's amazing. But let's talk about our screenings we went to last night. Gabe, what was your Rogue One experience like last night? So it was great uh, to see it on the big screen in the IMAX uh, with some friends, but I don't know if it's where I live or whatever, but it was, uh, we went to the later show like at 10, but it was a pretty, uh, mild crowd. There were only like maybe 10 other people in the theater. And this is like the biggest IMAX theater in the suburbs. Like it's one of the huge ones. 
but like everyone that was there, obviously, you know, I'm sure was there because they like Star Wars or a lot of Star Wars shirts, but everyone was really quiet. There was no cheering. There was no clapping. It was kind of, it was kind of subdued. It was like a very serious affair, which, you know, maybe sometimes Star Wars can be a serious affair, but I was kind of surprised how, like, I knew the movie looked good. I've watched it at home and I have like a projector at home now. So I kind of feel like when I watch movies, I get somewhat of that cinematic experience but man it looked so good in IMAX like I forgot how just crisp and sharp and beautiful that movie is and I I kept thinking like man this looks even better than I remember it like did it look this good when it came out like if just it felt like it was even better looking than than when it came out well my show was maybe a little different there were a bunch of blast points people there which was great uh <laughs> great scene some of people that listened to the show, which was really awesome. Um, my theater was about half full. Everyone was kind of sitting in the center. It was, it was a big, big-ish IMAX theater. And, you know, the kind of the middle of the row all through the theater was pretty full. And people were clapping and laughing. And you could tell people were very excited about the Andor footage. And I did two shows back-to-back last night which was great. And one my favorite thing in the second show was there was a couple next to me. I was in the very last row of the theater, the very top. And there was a couple, like a few seats down and they were just bawling, just crying. And then like when the credits went up and it was like directed by Gareth Edwards, they were like, it peaked right there. It all peaked. <laughs> that's, you know, that's how you, that's great. It's just crazy. That's like everyone there, it's seen this movie and seen this movie really not too long ago. And you could probably everyone in the theater could stay home and watch it on Disney plus if they wanted to, but they chose to go see rogue one again in the theater. I hope they keep, I hope this is a sign and like Disney and Lucasfilm is like, well, you know, when, there aren't big movies coming out. Like there aren't any like right now until like, it seems like November, December is when like actual movies start coming out again. Keep doing this. Keep put out star Wars, put out empire strikes back, put out return of the Jedi, put out the prequels, put out Phantom Menace, Tech of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, do them like they did for the special editions, but don't make them special. Put one out every two weeks and just rule the entire month with star Wars. They could. And, if Rogue One does well, I hope that's a sign that, like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, I still never understand why they wouldn't just do that because they already have the movies, right? And it's like anything they get from releasing them is just bonus money. And it's exciting to go see it in the theater. Like I said, as much as I can watch it at home and, and I love watching them at home, it looked so good <laughs> in the theater. And it was, it was yeah, it was fun to be you know, even though they were quiet in a room with other Star Wars crazies who came out on a Friday night to watch, you know, an, an old Star Wars movie. But man, it was funny watching it again because I've seen the movie a million times and just how much you get sucked in and just how quickly that movie moves along that 
there were so many times in the movie that I, I was so like engrossed in the moment that I forgot what was coming next, even though I've seen it a million times where it's like I'm watching the movie and then I'm like, oh, yeah, Donnie Yen's in this movie. <laughs> and then at some point in the middle, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the whole Scarab space battle at the end. <laughs> oh, man, Adam Arandis, I totally forgot. Like, it's just so enthralling. Yeah, I was totally tricked, too, where I was like, oh, man, gold leader, red leader. Yeah, why, did, why didn't anyone tell me they were in this movie? <laughs> When when Krennic goes to Vader's castle, I was just like, oh, Mustafar, even Tarkin, every Tarkin part. I was like, oh, boy, here comes digital Tarkin. So I was thinking about during the movie, there's part of me that wishes they were they were George Lucas crazy and they just made a Rogue One special edition just because, you know, they could do Tarkin even so much better now. And like even Vader's voice, like Vader sounds pretty good, but like comparing Vader and Rogue One, even though it's James Earl Jones and both cases to just how they did his voice in Kenobi 2 it's like man I, I kind of be down with the Rogue One special edition I was thinking that too I was like oh nothing's gonna be different but that's okay because that's that's the times we live in now and it is yeah it's like just for old times sake just change some stuff just just for the heck of it come on just change some stuff take something out put something in put us to Bulba walking around in the background for no reason whatsoever yeah yeah I want to see a Sebulba eating a some meat on a stick or like go in and, and give Kazian one glove in the in the my gloves part. So you're like, oh, he only has one of his gloves on. He needs the other one. And that was the thing too. That's like we've made so many jokes about Rogue One over the past I don't know how many years. But the my gloves part, it was like I, I was sitting in the theater being like, still funny. It, it makes no sense. It's still funny. Still so good. Well, and the same thing like when Saw showed up, like. For how many times we've laughed about it over the years, it's still when he shows up, lies, deception. I'm like, man, this is so crazy. <laughs> it's still so crazy all these years later. And I honestly, when he's like, today of all days, I'm still like in my head, like, did you come here because it's my birthday today? Bodhi, Rook, look boy. <laughs> so I, I hope Forrest Whitaker knows just how much of a Star Wars superstar he is and that he is like potentially, you know, he's like in the top five most iconic Star Wars characters of all time. Like, I hope he knows that. He has to. Like, he's come back for Rebels. He, you know, he's going to be in Andor. He's came back for Bad Batch. People can't get enough Saw Gerrera. That's the bottom line. And yeah, we finally got the action figure all these years later, at least the big, the big Black Series one. It's like... I'm glad it's out. I'm glad people are buying it. I'm glad they're excited because, yeah, Saw Gerrera is – we need more Saw Gerrera in the world. And that was the thing, too, with, like, even, like, the Andor footage. It's, like, who would have ever guessed that all these years later – again, not like it's that long, but all these years later where we'd be so pumped about an Andor show and – even like seeing like two tubes in the trailer. It's like, oh man, two tubes is back. Like it's become a classic. I think those are all the signs that it's just become a Star Wars classic. So speaking of, like, what did you think of the Andor footage? Yeah, it was cool. It was, it, they got me. Cause at first I was like, man, this is just the clip that was online the other day. But then, <laughs> then it kept going and I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then it just kept getting crazier and crazier. And there's just like, Police falling from the ceiling. The funny thing afterwards was uh, our friend Richie, who was there, was like afterwards, like if if this would have been a, uh, you know, in the 90s, there would have been the Star Wars video game with the level that's just the police falling from the ceiling. (laughs) 
and you and you would just keep dying in that level over and over again. <laughs> it was cool to watch that before the movie too, because even though it feels slightly different than the movies, because it's obviously it's newer and it's you know it's a TV show and everything, but like it feels like a Rogue, Rogue One the TV show, and then going into the movie, it was like, man, this just kind of feels like Andor the movie. So. Uh, yeah, I was already excited and now, you know, I'm even more excited because it is it does seem like it's it's very, very serious. It's like super serious people talking Star Wars. But then, yeah, there's just pulleys falling from the ceiling. So I'm like, OK, yeah, they got I think this is going to be some good stuff. When I love that clip, too, and I love that they chose that clip because you think like 12 episodes, they could show whatever. They chose that clip because it really is at least it feels like and or being recruited to whatever state the rebel alliance is in the rebels of focusing his rebel tendencies for a cause for something to believe in and then i love how that clip though then later kind of resonates in the film when cassian is talking to jin about how yeah he has been in this fight since he was six years old and kind of the whole idea of like Having something to believe in. When he's saying that to her, I yeah, I was thinking back again to that clip with with Cassian and Luthien, I think is his name. I keep forgetting. I think Andor is going to make us look at Rogue One in a whole new way. I think it's going to add, obviously, so much more depth to the character of Cassian Andor. It's going to show us this whole timeline, of course, in a new way. I can't wait to learn more about Mon Mothma. It came out in interviews recently that we found that Mon Mothma's married. It's just going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and this clip kind of... I'm glad they chose that clip again, too, like you said, because it is giving you a good feel for what the tone of Andor is going to be. It's kind of like, get ready, because this is not going to be like anything probably before. And it is you know, crazy, even with what little we've seen from the trailer and that clip, how much in parts going out throughout Rogue One where you're like you're you're thinking about that even what little bit we have from Andor like during the movie like you know when there's the scene in the rebel base and everyone's debating whether to go to Scarif and like the look on Mon Mothma's face when she's like you know unless we're all in agreement you know we're not it doesn't go anywhere and like her look of disappointment like even that it's like oh I'm thinking to the Andor trailer and all the all the work she did to get to that moment and that you know everyone doesn't want to do it and like then when you know see how excited she is when she finds out radis is going to fight like it's like everything that happens in the andor show you know pays off at that moment and it's gonna be you know i hope they re-release rogue one in two years again after andor's done because i think that's going to be even the more better time to go rewatch it when you have all of the everything that's going to happen in these two seasons of andor in your head to go watch the movie again i was thinking about mon mothma too where i was like She's here at this moment when they're talking about getting the plans and how important it is to get the plan. And then when they have the plans, I'm like, well, yeah, of course she can't be at the rebel base. Because then I was thinking about how in A New Hope, they want to blow up the rebel base. And I was thinking about how in Andor, she's like this public figure. She's in the Senate. She's speaking to the Senate. But by the time of Rogue One and A New Hope, after Rogue One, Mon Mothma's, yeah, she's got to be in hiding. She's got to be on the run. Like, the, the Gavin 4 can get destroyed, but Mon Mothma has to survive so the rebellion can survive. I, don't, I was just 
thinking about all this stuff and really i think what it comes down to as i was watching rogue one last night i was just like yeah i still love star wars quite a bit yeah. not that i was not that i was like doubting it or not that like i was just like oh i don't know i think it's i think it's waning that would be insane but i it, it made me even more crazy where i was like maybe i'm not star wars crazy enough <laughs> like that's terrifying to think of but it, that is, it's the magic of Star Wars in theaters. It is like, it's like going to the Star Wars temple where it's like, as much as a Star Wars movie isn't a real Star Wars movie until you can watch it at home, there's nothing like seeing it at the big screen with at least one other stranger. Like, that's where you really, you get energized and you're like, yeah, I, I'm kind of into this, this nonsense. And uh, it really hasn't subdued at all. Because no, no, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're like, I could just be watching this at home, you know, in my pajamas on my couch. But here, you know, I got all dressed up and went out out on the town to watch this movie I've seen 20 times already because that's that's what you got to do. And that's it's the best way to watch it. You know, and it's it's pumping you full of that Star Wars magic where, yeah, you're sitting there watching a movie. Yeah. Like you said, you've watched 20 times at least in the theater and you're thinking Star Wars thoughts, like new Star Wars thoughts where you're just like, oh, man, Mon Mothma. Of course she couldn't be there. Oh, wow. You know, I'm like, and, you know, I'm thinking like, man, I really need to read Catalyst again. What am I doing for my life? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just stuff like that. And, you know, and once you kind of snap out of it, like as soon as you walk out of the theater and get in your car and you're like, oh, yeah, wait, I got to go home. I'm a real person. But for a while there, I was in Star Wars dreamland. And that's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. It's like the, the raindrops on Krennic's cape are so huge on the big screen. <laughs> I really want a raincoat with a cape still. <laughs> when Kathy came on board at Lucasfilm and we announced these standalone stories, I just started thinking, you know, that idea from the opening crawl of, of New Hope, of stealing the Death Star plans, you know, it's a, just a bit of uh, backstory, but it seemed like, you know, that could be a pretty compelling film just by itself. We'd be talking in the hallway with just friends of mine, and I would pitch them a 30-second version of the, the movie, and they'd say, oh, wow, no, I want to see that. You need to go make an appointment to pitch this to Kathy. You have to pitch this to Kathy. So I made an appointment, and uh, I pitched it to Kathy. John, who was somebody I've known over the years, called me up and said, you know, I've always had an idea that I've been thinking about and kicking around, and I'd love to come in and talk to you about it. And he came in and, and essentially pitched the idea that spelled out in the opening crawl of New Hope about rebel spies that go in to steal the plans to the Death Star. Okay, so here's what we did. We put it out to you folks, the listeners. We wanted to hear what you had to say after you went to go see Rogue One in IMAX, or even if you weren't going, even if you were watching it at home, or even if you weren't even watching it at home. We were just asking, what do you love about Rogue One? And we got, hey, we're, we're blown away. We got like 99 clips. It is crazy. Yeah, we're excited to hear what uh, everyone has to say. So let's let's get into it. 
Okay, this first one is from Darren. We all know, love Darren. He had the incredible K2SO cosplay at Celebration. You probably saw pictures of him. If you watch any like YouTube video from Celebration, you saw his K2SO cosplay. And he's been on the show before. We had an amazing episode with him talking about his L337 cosplay from the red carpet premiere solo darren is a treasure so let's hear what uh, darren had to say about rogue one hey jason and gabe this is darren aka dr sci-fi i am so excited to see rogue one this friday in imax the biggest of screens for the biggest of droids our boy k2so favorite droid favorite film i wish i could take him with me but i would have to probably buy two or three more seats but man, that third act, once it kicks in, you're just buckling up for the ride. You got hammerhead corvettes, you got Radis, you got shield generators, you got a high mortality rate for your heroes. Uh, and the hallway scene. We got to talk about the hallway scene. Love this movie. Cannot wait to see it. May the force be with you. That Darren brings up a good point, too. That was another one that I forgot. The hammerhead corvette part. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> There's so many... Solid gold moments in this movie. Yeah, you can't even your your brain can't think of them all at once. So as you're watching the movie, yeah, you can only think of the next one. Oh, oh, now it's this. Oh man, it's now that. And that's to me, those are always that's a sign of a of the best of Star Wars when you can't just like watch five minutes of the movie and then go do something else because you're constantly waiting. Oh no, I gotta wait. I gotta at least wait for the next part. Oh wait, no, I now I gotta wait for the next part. Oh, there's just that one more part. And the next thing you know, you know, two hours went by and you're late for something. <laughs> I was dying too. Like I forgot how much I love Radis's buddies in the back. A transmission from Scarif. <laughs> oh yeah. All the, all the, uh, the best parts are still the best parts. Let's do this next one. This is Patrick. This is Patrick. You know him. You love him from the George Lucas talk show that the, that is sweeping the nation. Let's hear what Patrick has to say. Hi, Blast Points. It's Patrick Kotner. Um, I just wanted to let you know why I like Rogue One. Um, and it's really just two words. It's Beezer Fortuna. Have a great day. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it is, uh, man. Again, totally slipped my mind until the camera pans and he turns his head and you see his beautiful face. And it was like, oh, there he is. The bees. We need to talk about the birds and the bees, but the bees is just bees or Fortuna. <laughs> okay, let's play the next one from Scotty. Hey, Jason and Gabe. Uh, this is Scott Ingersoll. I am a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you for making it. Um, I am so pumped to go see Rogue One this weekend. I get to take my nine-year-old son, and this will be his first time seeing a Star Wars in the theater. And I love Rogue One because it's such a powerful story of personal sacrifice to keep hope alive. I pretty much sob every time I see the Shirut crossing the battlefield scene, and I will probably do that this weekend in the IMAX theater. Can't wait. May the Force be with you. It's wonderful. I admit, too, I, every time, it's not even the, the cheer-up part starts to get you, but, but when Baze starts saying, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with I can't even remember what he says. <laughs> I'm one with the force. The force is with yeah. me. Yeah. It's like, I always get a little choked up there. Or I'm like, I've seen this so many times that I shouldn't, it shouldn't do anything. And I'm like, Oh, they love each other. They're the best of friends. The first scene with cheer it 
Trench your necklace for your glimpse into your future, whatever he says. And then when she's walking away and he says the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber, still from viewing one to viewing 1001, whatever it was last night, it still gets me. I, it's one of the best lines in Star Wars. I love it. Whoever wrote that, bravo. I think it's so crazy, too, those two characters of like how much feel for their relationship and then them as characters you get in this movie for how little they're actually in it. Like they just, I don't know, those two characters are so awesome and you just get so much out of them. They're just, both those guys are just bringing it all into the movie. And seeing Donnie and do martial arts in Star Wars is never not amazing. And I'm still can't believe that we really got that. So this next one, but let's, let's get uh, let's get a little musical here. Let's hear from Justin. Let's hear what Justin has to say. We can stop the show right now. Among things Rogue One does, it will make you burst into song. <laughs> it happens more than you think. Justin, that was that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> the whole time I was just imagining the videos with either Billy Joel with his harmonica looking like Darth Vader or Darth Vader taking his mask off and playing the harmonica where those two things are kind of mixed in my mind. And I imagined that version of Darth Vader, Billy, Billy Joel singing that. So made it even better. Incredible. Just incredible. Thank you, Justin. All right. Our good friend Kara DJ from the Into a Larger World fanzine. You know it. You love it. Let's hear what Kara DJ had to say. Jason, Gabe, hi. It's Kara from Into a Larger World fanzine. I am in my car in the parking lot of the AMC theater, and I just saw Rogue One, and it it feels like a midnight premiere. I feel like I just saw it. This movie is what? five years old now, almost six. I feel like this was the first time I ever saw it. It was, it's breathtaking. What a movie. I literally watched it like not even a month ago on a plane. (laughs) And it still feels like this is the first time I ever saw it. I cannot, like, I know it's going to be in theaters for like at least a a week or two or, or so. And like, I cannot encourage people enough. If you can find a theater near you, to go and see it because wow, like on the rewatch, this movie is so incredible. Every single time I watch it, I find more stuff that I just, that like, like takes my breath away this time. It was okay. Spoiler alert. We, we don't have to do spoiler alerts, but right before Bodie dies, he says that this is for you, Galen, right? Right after they like flip the switch and he lets them know, you know, and this, the, the rebels that they have to, get the signal, blah, blah, blah. But right after that, and that they have to take out the the force field and, and right. Like he says, this is for you, Galen. 
I started sobbing. What? It was like I had never heard it before. This movie is so special. It's so incredible. It's a it's an incredible war movie. There's so much good stuff happening. Every minute, I felt more connected to the characters than I ever have. I don't know if, like, I don't know that, like, a casual viewer would take that much away from it. Maybe not, but, like, also, even, I think it's just a really good movie, but being the, one of, like, a crazy person of Star Wars things, it's just, wow. What a what an incredible movie. What an incredible theater experience. I cannot wait for Andor more than ever. I am, like, 100% psyched. Everybody should go see the- Rogue One in the theaters to get yourself on the hype train, too. I, yeah, that's all I have to say. I uh, love you guys. Hope you're doing good. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Speaking the truth. <laughs> I think us and Karadija were on the same page where it resonates somehow now more than ever. I think I'm, I'm having celebration flashbacks to hearing Kara so excited, <laughs> which is, which is nice. Nice feeling. Yes. Very, very nice. I'm, I'm suddenly feeling so, so tired, <laughs> but so, so excited. Okay. Let's hear this next one from Iraq. Hola, Blast Points. Uh, transmitting this message from the Pacific Northwest. And although uh, Rogue One isn't showing in our area this weekend, uh, I'll be doing a rewatch tonight uh, with the family. And uh, probably the main reason why I love uh, Rogue One is because it's the first Star Wars film that uh, me and my father were able to watch together and really feel represented by a uh, Mexican actor. Uh, you know, representation matters, and Diego's character really spoke to us as someone who, you know, he talks like us, he looks like us, and so much, so much so that we named our son Cassian. So, yeah, just want to say that, and uh, thank you so much for everything you guys do, and uh, have a great weekend. That is awesome. That is, that is wonderful. That is so good. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing I forget with the movie, too. Like, it's so cool that they let everybody be themselves too. Like we always joke, but it's like one of the best part of the movies. Like everybody has a different accent in that movie and they're not like trying to make people be a certain thing. It's like every character has a different accent. Everybody's just in a, in a way, I mean, they're acting obviously, but they're being themselves and it's just showing off that, you know, part of what makes the star Wars universe so great is it's just all these different people coming together. And, and the fact that, you know, some of the real world is kind of coming out in star Wars is just the best. And the fact that this huge, massive star Wars TV show is fronted by Diego Luna and he is the star and he is his face and kids will be playing with Diego Luna action figures and people will be wearing t-shirts with Diego Luna's face on them. Like that is just yeah, wonderful. And I love that named their son Cassian. That's so cool. That is so cool. He's already the coolest kid on the block. Let's see this next one from David. Hi, this is Dave Brott calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. And one of the things I love about Rogue One is that it has the what I think is the funniest moment in any Star Wars movie in it. When Jin Erso shoots the droid that we're not sure if it's K2SO or not. And there's that moment where you see two of them and the one she didn't shoot suddenly says, did you know that wasn't me? And she says, of course. And uh, I just it makes me laugh every time. 
got to laugh. Both times I saw it in the theater in Ann Arbor, both times still holds up. Star Wars secrets, droid humor never goes out of style. (laughs) So thank you for that, David. Here's this next one from Thomas. Hello there, Jason and Gabe. This is Thomas from Tucson, Arizona. I could list off a million reasons why I love Rogue One, whether it's the incredible action, the themes of finding hope in the midst of hopelessness, or my personal favorite, Edrio 2 Tubes. But I get the feeling all of this is being talked about already, so I wanted to just briefly mention the fact that the very first Blast Points episode I ever listened to was the Rogue 100, which promptly led me down a dark path that will forever dominate my destiny. Oh, the Rogue 100. Oh, I was thinking about the Rogue 100 last night when I was watching the movie, and I was like, we're insane. <laughs> like, how did we do that? I don't even know. I haven't listened to it in a while. I want to go back and listen to it. Because like, we listed off 100 things we love about Rogue One. So. And, it, and it really wasn't that hard to think of them. That's the, the beauty of Rogue One. We could have done 200. Yeah, behind the scenes, there were a lot of them that we had to cut. We had to pare it down to 100. So maybe one day we'll do the Rogue 1000 will be the forever episode well, Yeah, Thank you Thomas, thank you for that Okay, so here we go Here is one from Sarah and Michelle Here we go Hello Blast Points Today we have Sarah from Friends of the Force And me, Michelle, from Unknown Regions Podcast And we are here, we have just seen Rogue One in all its glory in IMAX. Again. Again. How many times for you? I think this is my seventh theater watch. That's crazy. I, I'm not... Sh- maybe I'm about the same. Maybe eight. Because I think I saw it six times originally. Once in the release. Re-release in this one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, we are in the throes of the, the cinematic experience that is Rogue One in IMAX. Every time. It's just so dang good. Oh, it's not only one of the best Star Wars movies, it's just a damn good movie, period. It really is. I just think that every piece of it, it does not get old. The emotional, like, highs of that movie. Were you crying? I was crying. I had a single tear at the end. <laughs> uh, on, it was on, from my was right crying. eye. From my right eye. Um, I, you know, I got through it. I was really proud of myself, but like I, it's so emotional for me and like so tough to watch in that way that I have started to avoid it because <laughs> I'm like, oh no, the pain because it's so effective. <laughs> um, I blame Michael Giacchino for at yeah. least fifty percent of the pain. At yeah, least definitely. 50%. The man. Shall I just like start? Yeah, 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 please. Um, that score had me crying in my car before I even saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Jin. I think, oh no, it was the scene uh, Jin on Erso slash Hope Suite. It wasn't even that. It in was, the grave. It in was, the grave, it was the uh, Edu scene, whatever that track is called. And I didn't know it was the Edu scene at the time. Yeah. Your father would be proud, I think is the title that track. Literally crying in my car before I have a clue what the heck was going to happen in the movie. What the heck is going on in your brain, Michael Guccino? He's a, he's a menace. He's yeah. a, a menace. Yeah. Okay, okay you, you name a thing now. Um... Uh, this is a thing for both of us, uh-huh. but the delivery, you know, we get some of the best line deliveries in this movie of any Star Wars movie. It's, it's just, it's so quotable. It's ridiculous. How can you say no to, oh, Lyra back from the dead? You know, I, are we blind? Deploy the garrison. <laughs> How can you say no to any of this? What is she proposing? <laughs> lies. Deceptions. <laughs> Every day more lies. I mean, it is just full of those excellent moments. And we, who could forget 
this is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel, which isn't in the movie. <laughs> the trailer before the trailer in which half of the movie did not appear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rip, very, rip I that mean, trailer. But that exists in the Rogue One canon, which makes it all the more fun. Is it in the novel? Since you read the I book? don't know. I just remember the parts that I remember at this point. I've read it twice. Well, Sarah's it's great both times. But Sarah's like, now talked me into the fact that I need to experience more pain by reading the novelization. So I think maybe I'll put that on my list of. I'll put it in my stack of books I haven't read yet. Put it on the top of your stack of books you haven't <laughs> read yet. Um, I, I seriously, I live by that novel by Alexander Freed, who nothing else, just like knows character really, really well. Well, the scene you and, told me, the like K2's thoughts right yeah. before he goes down. Yeah, that was enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just wait until the other ones, too. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> The hologram scene. Oh, I have that written down. Okay, notes, yeah, I think. the hologram scene. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, no, I do. Jen and Galen's message. Yeah, that's, like, <laughs> brutal. Her expression. Uh, yeah, I, I think it just speaks to the fact that I think Rogue One, don't come at me. Uh-oh. If you disagree, I understand, but I think this is the best acted Star Wars movie, at, like, period. Hottest take. Period. Nice. That's, that's my hot take. Is there anything else on your list that we should make sure we hit? Oh, uh, Vader slays, obviously. Yes. Um, Battle of Scarif. Battle mm. of Scarif. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Is that a hot take that it's the best looking space I battle? I don't think so. I don't think that's the hottest take. Okay. Um, <laughs> You've heard this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that was like, oh, wow, you know, even if you don't love the movie, you love a it's space battle at the end because it's just so thrilling. Um, a couple more that came to my mind just now. Uh, Jimmy Smith. Of course. Guys. We would have to re-record this if you didn't bring up Jimmy Smith. You're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, there's nothing more that needs to be said. Bilagana is the man. He is the Star War. He is the reason for being. Um, Mon Mothma. <laughs> Our girl and her pixie boy haircut. I was saying. We I was love saying, her for it. Yeah. I was saying before, like, we need to find out why she goes from this glamorous. Yeah. Just. Incredible. Oh God, extra hot. 10, 100 out of 10. Absolutely. To I'm going to just wear sheets now and a page boy. Yeah. Haircut. The ends. I think we might get it. This might be the origin <laughs> story of that. Like, I don't know. I feel like Mom Mothma's might be the most interesting part of Andor, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Sorry to Cassie and Andor, the namesake of the show. I, I mean, he even said it's not fair to call Andor. He said so. All right. Well, out of his own mouth. Then we'll take it. <laughs> and, the, well, we got to see a clip, which was obviously... Great, yeah. and I'm 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 with you, Jason. I think I might go see it again tonight. I'm thinking I might buy a ticket for later in the weekend so I can just go see the Andor preview again. I think Rogue One for me sitting through it again another time. I'd be like, the pain is too much, but I can handle the Andor preview again at the very least. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> this is not our actual podcast that we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, Rogue One, it's great. We're big fans. Um, go see Rogue One with all your friends because you'll start quoting the lines of the film. Uh, in public. Lies, deceptions. In, the, day, in the movie theater with people behind you who probably don't want you quoting those no. audibly. No. They've already seen it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's it from us. Bye, Jason again. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. That was epic. That was Michelle, Sarah, thank you so much. It's just like the movie itself. It's just jam-packed with stuff, and all the stuff is amazing. Again, That's what Rogue One does to you. But I will say the thing that they reminded me, we haven't talked about the score at all. And the Rogue One score is so good. And that's, we'll leave it at that. It's so good. And from the minute Krennic's theme starts playing at the beginning of the movie, 
it's just like it it never stops playing in my head it's still playing in my head right now it's the jam and it's like it's it just like the movie it's become a classic where i sit in the theater just like tapping my foot to yeah to the imperial march and stuff and uh, i love the the jetta street fight then 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 I'm just like sitting there in the theater, just like grooving. Like, yes, this is my hit. It, it's such a perfect blend between original trilogy music and something new. And yeah, it's my, it's definitely, it's my favorite non-John Williams Star Wars music of all time. Definitely. All right. Next one from John. Here we go. Hey, Blast Points. It's John from the Best One Since the Next One podcast. Uh, what I love the most about Rogue One isn't just the fact that it's, like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern-style foregrounding of the background characters from what we know of the Star Wars saga as a whole, making the Rebels the main characters. I really love the look, the feel, the grittiness of it, but I especially love the names. The names in Rogue One are probably the best batch of Star Wars names in this new era of Star Wars that we've gotten, that we've received so far. Orson Krennic, Chira Enway, Blaze, sorry, Baze Melbus, uh, Jin Urso, Galen Urso, Lyra Urso. What else? Who else we got? Bodhi Rook. We got, of course, Cassian Andor. We've got them all. So many great, ideal Star Wars names in one movie. Oh, and uh, a giant fish man making you cry at the end by saying, May the Force be with you. Um, just so much to love about it, but those are just a few things that I cherish about Rogue One. Well, and yeah, and Star Wars names aren't easy. Like, yeah, it is an embarrassment of riches of like, basically, he's right. Every Star Wars name in Rogue One is like, it sounds like it's been there forever. It's per They're perfect. Bringing up Radis, what was it like in the NPR episode? The brilliant and the stupid. This giant Mon Calamari man sitting in a spaceship. Rogue One, may the force be with you. And you're just like, oh, man, I'm feeling it. You're not even questioning what you're watching. Please can Admiral Radis speak at my funeral? Is there a way I can plan that? Can I pay for that now? We all remember Gabe. <laughs> hey, Blast Points. This is Kevin from California, and I just got done watching Rogue One on the big screen again. It was so wonderful to have it back in theaters. And that Andor first look looks hot. Um, and I love Rogue One in so many ways, but in large part, just because it happened, um, you know, fair or not, the production difficulties um, have really become synonymous with this new era of Star Wars. And on rewatches of Rogue One, or, or at least I'm kind of conditioned to look closely and try to sort out what's the Gareth Edwards part and what's the, the parts that are Tony Gilroy. And you can see some of the seams sometimes, but Ultimately, we'll probably never know, and it really doesn't matter because somehow, some way, they just pulled it off in this movie. Um, and it's the fact that they went big with everything. It's the audacity that I really love. They didn't have to do a full-on CGI Tarkin, but they did, and it worked. They didn't have to turn the Force into a full-on uh, religion uh, with Chirrut and Bays, but they did, and it worked. And they they dialed up that Star Wars weirdness all the way to ten with our friend Borgullet <laughs> and Saw Gerrera and some of Forrest Whitaker's acting choices. Um, but it worked, and they made us care about beings that we had never met before, 
and gave each one of them the heroic ending that they deserved. And that entire final act is just unquestionably outstanding. Um, now, in my opinion, it's become a little bit tedious for many people to kind of loudly proclaim that Rogue One is the best of this era of Star Wars. Usually it kind of reads as a transparent dig at another film. But I do love Rogue One because it's big and it's bold and it's bizarre and it's beautiful. Thanks, Blast Points. Next one, Jeffrey. Hey, Jason and Gabe. This is Jeff and Josh in Toronto. We took a break from Fan Expo Canada to see Rogue One. We love this movie because of the brilliant characters, incredible dialogue, and because it took Star Wars to a place it hadn't been before. Short and sweet, like the little alien in uh, Saw's group who's just hiding behind that wall. (laughs) I just see hearts. I, I just see hearts and stars whenever I look at him. I don't even think about his name. Kyle, let's hear from Kyle. Hey, Jason and Gabe, this is the Davis family from Carlisle, PA. And we just saw Rogue One in the theater. My favorite part was when the X-Wing was coming out of hyperspace to attack Scarif. My favorite part was the Death Star laser. My favorite part was when Scarif blew up. And my favorite part was General Merrick and all the fabulous mustaches. May the Force be with you. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, bringing families together. The family that goes to see Rogue One together stays together. I want to be in your family. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Kevin. All right, we just got out of Rogue One. Okay, so my favorite part of Rogue One is ah, just everything. It just feels like Star Wars. When Red Leader and Gold Leader and Blue Leader show up, just the chills. It's just awesome. How about you, kiddo? What did you like about I loved the Vader part, and I loved, like, the feeling of all the vibrations yeah. in the seats. And yep. I, I loved the happy ending. Yeah, the happy ending, sad mm-hmm. ending, too. But yeah. happy ending, yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, we had a great time. May the force be with you. Man, that's great. I, you know what? You leave it to the kids to, re- to remember the good stuff of like the seats vibrating, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's really what it's all about. And sometimes it's the movie and sometimes it's just you vibrating. Well, you know what's great too? That we didn't think about people bringing their kids to go see Rogue One in the theater. This is their first time maybe seeing Rogue One on the big screen. To them, it could be like a brand new movie. Especially, I mean, and Domino's too, with, with COVID and everything, a lot of people haven't gone to the movies for a few years, and a lot of kids were too little to maybe care about Star Wars two years ago, three years ago, and now they're older and obsessed, and this is their first chance to go see a Star Wars in the theater, which is huge. Kevin also sent along a picture of some people that he ran into where he said he ran into some dude who also claimed to have a Star Wars podcast like us. First name Brandon with his wife Maggie. I don't know. I think we got to watch out for that guy. I don't know. <laughs> All right. This is Brandon from Talking Bay 94, and I'm joined by my wife Maggie. Maggie from Talking Bay 94, but spelled differently, but with an E. But we just got out of Rogue One in IMAX. Wow. And we're sitting in the parking garage with no air conditioning on so that the air conditioning doesn't make noise during this recording. Um, so we're sweaty. Yes, let's move, move this along. We're sweaty. We're sweaty for Star Wars. Uh, but what a great movie. Wow. What a great movie. You walked out saying, is this a perfect movie? If that was a bold thing to say, I'll admit. But bold. then I remembered the 
don't choke on your aspirations, ambition, aspirations yeah. line, and that's uh, can't be a perfect movie with that being in it. Oh, I, I love that part. This is the, this is this is my second time seeing Rogue One, uh, <laughs> so it's been it's been a minute, and I remember laughing out loud in that scene the first time I saw it. Which is we saw that together. Yeah, we were just coworkers. Oh no, we were dating, but we were secretly dating. As coworkers, were we? Or were we just coworkers? It was December. We were definitely still coworkers. It was co-workers. December 2016. Oh yeah. So, see, I remember. I remember more than. I bought these does. tickets, and he's like, "I bought us tickets for the first Star Wars movie that we ever saw together." I didn't realize that that was such an important moment in our history. It is. Anyway, all to be said. Uh, what a great movie! What a great way to see it. Any Star Wars movie on big screen is a lot of fun, but like this in IMAX, I was just like, I was, I was just watching the corners. I was like, "Ooh, I've never seen that before. I've never noticed this before." Uh, and in the screen, it was the richness of the colors was so. I, I don't know. I couldn't stop looking at it and just the different... You couldn't stop looking at the movie? I couldn't stop looking. I was looking at the colors. I was taking in the colors. It feels very different than some of the other Star Wars movies, which is more like in space. And there was so much like happening on literally on the ground. Yeah. And it strikes me as visually similar to what we're seeing in the Andor trailers. Yeah. Did everybody, did everyone who watched it get to see the little, got the, everyone got the same everyone got the, thing, the, the same peak, thing? Yeah. yeah. That's going to be very cool. I'm very excited. Very cool. Very excited. Uh, okay. We'll hang up. Thanks for asking for our opinions. Uh, Jason, I hope you survived your double feature experience and didn't, you know, take off your shirt or anything like that. But uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye, boys. Okay. This next one is from Jessica. Let's hear from Jessica. Hey, Jason and Gabe. This is Jessica. Mm-hmm. I wanted to send in a quick note. I just saw Rogue One in IMAX, and it was absolutely spectacular. I think the movie was made for a format of this size. Just the big, expansive shots that you see throughout the movie just make it visually stunning. Like from the opening when Krennic lands on that planet to get Galen, and it's that black landscape and Krennic is standing there in his white cape and you just pans out and you see um, the mass of the planet and how desolate it is with this one character in a white cape. From that you go to, you know, Jeddah and the tidal wave of the earth coming towards Saw and his little hideout and everybody escaping before they are covered in this tidal wave of earth and rock and dirt and how they escape. It's just fantastic to that battle over Scarif and the hammerhead hitting the ship, hitting the ship and taking out the force fields. It's just a massive movie visually and seeing it in IMAX was just incredible. It was a pleasure to watch and to be amongst some other fans of Rogue One in the theater. So there were definitely laugh-out-loud moments and cheering moments and clapping at the end, which was just a wonderful experience to be in back in the theater with fans. So all in all, 10 out of 10, I had the best time. And um, thanks for the great podcasts. I love listening, love listening every week. Thanks. Bye. Oh, thanks so much. That's great. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. And that's, I think, yeah, I, I, like all of these, it's just the Rogue One love is so strong. I love in Jessica's email, she said too, she drove an hour and a half each way to get to an IMAX near Boston that was playing it. That, you know. Wow. Well, yeah, it's worth the trip. It's <laughs> just adds to the excitement. She she also included a picture of her on the Galactic Star Cruiser wearing her Blast Point shirt. So thank you, Jessica. 
Well, and, you know, bringing up the good stuff, too, of, you know, there was so much about all the reshoots and all the craziness when the movie, before the movie came out. But just the fact that, you know, everybody pitched in to make this amazing movie, but that, you know, Gareth Edwards still had a huge impact on the look of that movie. And, and you know, bringing that whole, his whole thing of showing scale and all the little, you know, little tiny ships with big things in the background was just is such a cool part of the movie. And there's so many there are just so many scenes, like she mentioned, of, you know, just the vastness of space with these huge things, but they're really tiny. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Such a cool visual treat that movie is. I love when the door opens up and Vader is about to come in to talk to Krennic and just the huge shadow of Darth Vader, just huge. And you can already hear Vader breathing as soon as the shadow starts to be revealed. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just wonderful. And little, yeah, little tiny Krennic in the corner. He's like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweating, sweating and swallowing. Okay, let's hear this next one from Steven. Hey, Jason and Gabe. Steven Danley here from the Star Wars Collector's Archive and Star Wars at the Movies. I uh, just got back to my car in this giant parking structure at the uh, Universal Studios City Walk in Studio City. Um, caught the first Rogue One IMAX screening of the day and... Man, yeah, that movie still holds up quite quite well, and um, it is just so awesome to see Star Wars on the big screen again. Um, it's something that I think a lot of us are missing. So I hope others are, are enjoying this this little you know gem of an opportunity here to see this uh, this great movie. And um, yeah, thank you both for all you do. Hope to see you around. It holds up. People are going. People are loving it. People need Rogue One right now. They do. And and hopefully everyone realizes, yeah, I think all the AMC, if it's an AMC that's showing it, they're showing it for at least, uh, I think, at least a week. This episode comes out on Tuesday. If you're listening to it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, chances are it's still playing. You're not too late. You can go see Rogue One still. I don't know what happens after that, but. Hey guys, it's Jackson. Um, just calling in after seeing Rogue One. Um, I had to drive two hours to see it because fortunately the local theaters in Cleveland uh, weren't showing it. So made a deal with my wife that we could go to Columbus and watch Rogue One, but we had to go to Ikea and the mall. So now I'm, uh, now I'm in the food court of the mall recording this. Uh, but you got to make sacrifices to see Borgullet on the big screen. Uh, I have no regrets, even though the Swedish meatballs everybody talks about isn't as good as uh, they'd like you to believe. So Rogue One is great. Andor looks great. Uh, it's always great to see Star Wars on the big screen. All right, let's go for our final one. This is from Rick. Let's hear from Rick. Hey, Jason and Gabe. It's your boy, Rick. And uh, it is the morning after Rogue One. And I'm still riding the high of experiencing that movie in IMAX and seeing that Andor footage uh, beforehand. And I got to say, that Andor footage, seeing it on an IMAX screen, makes me want to see the show on an IMAX screen. It almost looks like it was made for an IMAX screen. People talk about it looking cinematic, uh, just like on TV, what the show looks like. Seeing it on that screen makes me even think that more so. But seeing Rogue One, seeing all these creatures, two tubes, Pow, Bistan, Moroff, all my dudes, all my peeps, um, 
it was nice hearing uh, hearing the sounds of this movie in an IMAX theater. Um, people's reactions in that room. Jason, you were there. I saw you. We didn't meet, and I'm disappointed by that. Um, another time. That that that's definitely going to be another time. But we had a great time watching the movie. And uh, I don't know if you heard me, Jason, but there was a one scene where they're having the big meeting about whether or not to go and get these plans. And we hear, what is she proposing? And man, if I didn't laugh my head off for a couple of seconds. So I don't know if you heard a big guffaw from the back of the room, but if you did, that was me. Uh, Because the way the sound separation was from that scene, he just sounded like he was way off in the background somewhere. And it kind of had me cracking up for just a second. But it was cool to see the movie again. I mean, we hadn't seen it. I mean, I've seen it recently, but, you know, on the big screen since 2016 and or 17, really 17. Uh, you know, maybe in the spring was the last time I saw it in the theater. And uh, it was killer seeing everything there, seeing the ghost crew. This I so want to see the ghost crew's perspective of the battle over Scarif. Give me that someday. Um, lots of takeaways from this movie, but probably the biggest one is this. My son's now 12 and, you know, he was six, almost seven when the movie came out and he was never a big fan of it because everybody dies. He never wanted to watch it with me. He always felt it was kind of a downer. But yesterday when we walked out of the theater, he said, dad, I think I get it this time. Everybody dying in this movie gave everybody in the galaxy hope that they can do something. Kind of like Luke did when he was an old man in The Last Jedi. And I don't know what it was, but something for him clicked, and I'm glad it did. And he gave me a big old hug, and he was like, Dad, thanks for doing this. And it was really cool um, to kind of share that kind of stuff. That's what Star Wars is for me, is sharing it with my son more than anything else. It was cool being in in a crowded room, in a crowded theater. I love that experience. But I would sit in an empty theater or in an empty living room with my son and just watch Star Wars um, all day long if I could for those little mini revelations. So, but that's what I got for you guys. Rogue One kicked ass. The Andor bits were awesome. My dude, Diego Luna is hot fire. Luthen Rail, Stellan Skarsgård, Cassie Nander is hot fire. This whole thing, it's lava. It's going to be, it's like Mustafar lava all over the place, all up in my veins. I can't wait for this show in a couple weeks. I hope this wasn't too long. I will talk with y'all soon. May the force be with you. That Rick, that was perfect. That was that was a perfect one to end it at. It was beautiful. Yeah, that, that was. It was like listening to Rogue One. It got emotional and heartfelt in the middle, and then by the end, it was just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you, every single one of you who sent in your reactions. The Rogue One is part of Blast Point's history. It's part of our history. It's Star Wars history. It's wonderful. And hearing all these reactions, it's it's a it's a Rogue One love fest. It's like we when we did the Attack of the Clones Lovin'. It's it's the Rogue One Lovin'. You're the Rogue One that I want. You're Rogue Wonderful.
た反乱軍の情報将校キャシアン And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. If you listen on something Apple, like an iPhone or something, when you get done listening to this, go over there. Write something nice about Blast Points, about this show, about whatever. It helps more people find Blast Points when they're looking up Star Wars podcasts. And we love reading your reviews. And if you listen on Spotify, go leave us a five-star review over there, too. And make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're part of the Super Chill Group. And if you want to support the show in a different way, guess what? Got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where we have a commentary for the first part of Light and Magic. And very soon, there'll be the commentary for part two of Light and Magic. And in the very near future, there's going to be all kinds of Andor stuff happening over there on the Blast Points Army on Patreon. But that about wraps up number 325 here. Rogue Wonder Years. It's been the Rogue Wonder Years since 2016, really. And it was great hearing everyone's passionate reactions to viewing Rogue One in the theater again. It's This episode's going to be like a great time capsule in years from now of like, hey, remember when Rogue One came out in IMAX for a week? You know? Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much to everyone who sent stuff in. And yeah, this is, you know, this is the best parts of being a Star Wars fan is when, you know, these things come out and you get to get back out in the world and run into all the other Star Wars crazies around town and experience a Star Wars movie on a big giant screen. It's Star Wars magic is what it is. It's Star Wars magic. And you're going to want to tune in next week for a very special episode that we cannot wait for you all to hear. It's going to be something real special, something really cool. So until then, everyone, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you.
if you look at what George has always done, he's always gone out on a limb. Like the original Star Wars was a massive risk. It feels like looking back, it feels crazy that anyone got nervous about it. But the studio back then were trying to pull the plug on it. And like, I think he went through hell making that film. And then it was the greatest hit of all time. And, and so it feels like if you're going to do anything in the spirit of Star Wars, you've got to go out on a limb and you've got to take a few risks. And, and we had a license to do that with this because it's a standalone movie. It meant we could, we could be unique and, 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 and not have to let it lead into other movies. We could yeah. just go for broke on this one. May the force be with all of you. 